The changing face of Virginia politics is happening this year. This year, every single legislator in the Commonwealth of Virginia, 100 state delegates, 40 state senators, will run for re-election, but most of them will run in new districts. How will these new districts shape our voting? How will they shape our politics? It's Save the Water, where we bring movers, shakers, and policymakers to you to discuss issues important to the community. I'm Dr. Eric Laville. We'll be right back in just a moment. Welcome back. It's State of the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. We want to thank you so much for joining us here on this Sunday, as you always do, supporting us as we broadcast live from the campus of the Norfolk State University, home of the Spartan Nation, from WNSB Hot 91, the soul of VA. As always, we have with us our producer, Marvin Folks, also known as DJ Scandalous, that keeps us right and tight on the wheels of steel and make sure that the information we're giving you gets out to you crisp and clear. Also, we'd like to thank you, the listener, the Spartan Nation, for your support. Without you, we can do what we do. So all of my fraternity brothers from the Eastern Province of Maryland, Washington, D.C., Bermuda, and the Commonwealth of Virginia, and also my brothers from the Norfolk Alumni Chapter, the Rock of the Commonwealth. Uh, again, it was great seeing everyone. We had a phenomenal time, phenomenal time here uh, in Norfolk. So uh, once again, congratulations again as we had another phenomenal time here at our province council, Eastern Province Council. So today I want to talk about something very important, very important that's happening right under our eyes, right? And it's something that a lot of us aren't paying attention to. But it's, it's, it's really going to affect a lot of what we do. Now, I've mentioned it a little bit. Uh, you've heard me talk about it a little bit uh, where I've talked on previous shows with our legislators, you know, every single uh, show from January to February. And sometimes in a little bit in, and also in March, we talk about the Virginia legislative session. And from there, we track what legislation is, is being pushed. We talk to legislators about the things that they're doing. Uh, and then we have a talk back, a talk back to find out what actually uh, happened, how we, these bills affect our lives and so forth. Well, I also raised the issue. I raised the issue of this year, every single legislator will be run for, they're going to either have to run for reelection or they're going to have to run for election. So we're as voters, we have the opportunity right now to elect 140 new state delegates in, and also senators, 100 House of Delegate members, and 40 state senators, okay? So that's the power that we have here in the Commonwealth. But there's something that is different about this time as opposed to others. And what's different about this time is that we have something called redistricting. Redistricting is where now the lines or the districts in which legislators actually run are going to be changed. Now, well, what do I mean by that? So every 10 years, the U.S. Census provides a counting of, our, of citizens within our country. Those citizens are then looked, at, looked and counted and then divided by states. Why is that important? That's important because, number one, for economic purposes, we know where funding should go. 
for various programs uh, sponsored by federal government and also state government. But also for investment, private investment. We're not going to talk about that now, but the U.S. Census is very important for private private companies. Now, let's move forward. That's also important because we have an opportunity to reapportion the amount of U.S. congresspersons that actually represent us in Congress. So, case in point, you only have 435 U.S. Congress seats. Of those 435 seats, they have to be divided up amongst 50 states. And, of course, we know with U.S. senators, uh, constitutionally, every single state receives two U.S. senators. So, i.e., we have 50 states, 100 U.S. senators. However, there is a limited amount of U.S. congresspersons, 435. So, if you gain population, well, if your population stays the same in your state, then you keep the number of representatives that you have. If your population decreases, guess what? You lose a representative from that state. That's right. So you decrease your power. Now, what ends up happening if you actually um, gain population? If you gain population, you guessed it. You actually increase the number of legislators that are representing you in Congress. So this is very important from that perspective. Now, what ends up happening in the event uh, from a, from the state side. What happens from the state side, and also federal, but what happens from the state side more specifically is that now the lines are redrawn, which means that the individual that you actually voted for may not be the individual that you vote for again. Now, this, is, this happens all the time. It happens all the time. But here's the other piece of it. It happens, but here's what ends up happening uh, in Virginia. Here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, by constitutional amendment, voters voted for a new plan in order to choose legislation, in order to choose how districts are drawn. Now, the Commonwealth of Virginia chose the way the districts are drawn, the lines in which you vote. So you live in a community, and in that community, there is your district where you vote for a city council person, school board, state delegate state senator, and the like, okay? And U.S. congressperson. All the other voting that you do, whether it be also sheriff and other local offices, but all of the offices that you vote for uh, from a statewide governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, that's statewide. Uh, U.S. Senate, that's statewide. President, statewide, okay? But within your district, you have specific delegates and senators that you vote for in your district. Now, those lines were drawn by state legislators. They came up with the lines to be drawn. It went back and forth and debated. And after some back and forth and making sure that those lines are congruent with the uh, Voting Rights Act, what ends up happening is that they're agreed upon, they're passed, and those become the districts for the next 10 years. 10 years of what those districts are. Okay? 10 years. I want to repeat that one more time. For 10 years, the districts in which individuals are voting, those are the districts in which now you are voting for your local, and also your state representatives to represent you in Richmond. But by Constitutional Amendment in 2020, due to a constitutional measure, Amendment 1, Virginia's congressional and state legislative lines are now drawn by, guess what, a 16-member political commission in conversation with the state legislature. Eight legislative members of the commission are named and all along with eight citizen members. So what ends up happening 
in the event that there is, is a problem or something where we say, hey, there's a, there, there's a disagreement. So here's what happened. According to the Virginia Redistricting Commission, and you can go to virginiaredistricting.org, virginiaredistricting.org, the responsibility of drawing maps for congressional state legislative district passed from the Virginia Redistricting Commission, VRC, to the Supreme Court in November of 2021. And the Supreme Court then completed the redistricting in 2021. Now, again, this commission was established for the sole purpose of developing maps for Virginia state legislative districts and district for the U.S. House of Representatives as well. Now, in past years, redistricting was accomplished through the normal state legislative process. Bills outlining the districts were introduced, considered and passed by a majority of both the Virginia Senate and House of Delegates, and then they were signed by the governor with the legislature drawing the maps. I'm going to repeat that one more time. In past years, redistricting was accomplished through the normal state legislative process. Bills outlining the districts were introduced, considered and passed by a majority of both the Virginia and uh, Virginia Senate and House of Delegates, and were signed by the governor with the legislature drawing the maps. But again, through Constitution Amendment, it was changed. And what ends up happening through this commission? If the commission fails to produce a redistricting plans, or the General Assembly approve, fails to approve the commission redistricting plans, guess what? It will be established by the Supreme Court of Virginia. And that is exactly what happened in 2021. The Virginia Supreme Court completed redistricting because they could not agree. Now, I was on record, and I'll be on record again, that I thought it was a terrible, I thought it was a good idea in theory to change the system. But in reality, it was a very bad idea. I'll say it again. Redistricting, the way it's done by commission, I believe was a very bad idea because, again, it just simply did not give the results or what I call the backstop, the backstop for not just legislators, but also for the public to chime in and to give their thoughts on how things should change. That's just me. That's just me. But you can go to the legal women voters, legal women voters. Uh, you can see a educational video that I produce uh, for that, explaining my reasoning more in depth why. But that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I thought it was a terrible idea, and many believe, say, hey, just give it a chance, and I believe in giving anything a chance. But uh, right now, this is what we currently have. So how does this work? How does this affect you, the voters? What will happen in when you go vote now in 2023. Will you see the exact same individuals that you voted for or will you see different individuals? These are questions that we need to ask ourselves. And this is something that we're going to explore right now. It's Stay the One. I'm your host, Dr. Eric LaVille, where we bring movers, shakers and policymakers to you to discuss issues important to the community. On this particular show, we're talking about redistricting, Virginia redistricting, and how that is going to be a changing landscape of politics in 2023. This year, in, in 2023, you, the voters, will elect 100 new House of Delegate members and 40 new state senators. That's 140 new state legislators that you will reelect. Now, this happens all the time, but every four years, but there's something that's different. What's different is that now, instead of uh, voting for individuals that you normally would have voted for in your districts, the lines have been redrawn and it's been redrawn under a different system. So I want us to understand 
voting for new legislators is, no, is nothing different, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. We do it all the time. But then we're not just voting for new legislators, but now we're voting also for in a new construct of a district. And in a new construct of a district, we have a different type of uh, district, which means that you're going to get new legislators that are representing you. Now, this is dangerous in part because when you go to the ballot to vote, the ballot box, you may not see the same individual. So I'm just going to use this as an example. Delegate Jackson that represented you for 15 years, it's not re- 12 years, it's not representing you anymore. It's somebody else, people you don't know. Do you vote for them? Do you just not vote? What do you do? I think that's going to happen. Some, I think that may happen. But how do we now educate or re- ed- we educate the people about this? We're starting it here on Stay the Water. But I want to go to an article written by McGuire Woods Consulting. McGuire Woods Consulting. Uh, this article uh, was in January of 2022. I think it's still relevant. It talks about Virginia redistricting plan shifts political landscape. Long-term impact lightly. Now, they said likely this is 2022. I was on record in 2020 uh, saying that I thought this was a bad idea, that it was going to shift things, uh, in, especially in the beginning. But I thought it was going to shift things to a point where it it confused and may give an unfair advantage to one side or the other. Uh, but for the most part, from a long-term impact, we'll see. So this article states that the Virginia political landscape is shifting dramatically. Not only does the Old Dominion, meaning the Commonwealth of Virginia, have a new governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and House Republican leader, but Virginia court approved a new redistricting plan that will have major ramifications over the next decade. What are some of the key takeaways? The first key takeaway is that half of the Virginia state senators are either paired or tripled in districts with other sitting senators with 18 double ups and two triple ups. I'll repeat that again. According to this uh, article, half of the Virginia state senators are either now because the lines are redrawn. Guess what? They are now paired or tripled in districts with other sitting senators with 18 double ups and then two triple ups so what does that mean that means that you have a situation now where you have uh you have senators who have served in their various legislators legislative districts now guess what they're doing they're going to have to run against each other or they're going to have to move and run in a new district we have this here in hampton roads we have two very influential state senators ironically they're two senators that are graduates and alums of Norfolk State University, very powerful, influential senators that are paired now. They're what you call the double up. They're part of the double up, 18 double ups. So they're one of them. Where now these two senators will have to run against each other. We're going to lose one of the most influential state senators in the Commonwealth of Virginia, who's also African-American. That's what's going to happen because of what we are experiencing. Okay. That's what we're experiencing. So, when you lose that type of influence and power, what ends up happening is that you have a major shift and the constituents of that area are the ones that end up suffering. Also, there are 11 new state senate districts without current incumbents. So let's look at it this way. If we have half of the Virginia state senators that are either paired or triple in districts with other city, so it's 20. We have 20 senate districts that are no more or senators that are crossover. And then you have 11 new state senate districts with no current incumbents. That means they're wide open seats. They're wide open. So if those seats are wide open, who ends up coming up and taking advantage of that? So that means 
some of those senators will have either have to move out of their district and move into the new district. They have to resign their district and move into it. Or they stay there and fight it out. Some chose to move. Some chose to resign. Some chose to retire. Some are going to fight it out. Let's take a look at, now that's the Senate side. That's the Senate side. Let's look at the delegate side. On the delegate side, 42 out of 100 delegates are paired or tripled in districts with other city delegates with 40 double ups and two triple ups. That's 42 delegates. Same situation as the senators, where now they are paired up. They're going to run against each other. They're going to have to move into a new district and resign their current district, or they're going to have to retire. And that's what that's what's happening. Uh, We had a guest on the show, one of the state delegates. That's what she's doing. Actually, two of them. They're residing their districts and they're running in different districts. One's running, one's a House delegate who's running for a new Senate district. One is a delegate who's now running as in an, as another as in another district as a delegate. And then you also have twenty three state House districts without current incumbents. So out of those forty two that are double up or tripled up, you have twenty three districts in which they come, and they can actually run in those districts. And then you have three members of Congress that were drawn out of their current districts, leaving no incumbent to reside in the new boundary. So this is where the congressional side comes, right? The congressional side comes now where there's a shift in power. Now, this is very important on the federal level because we have a lot of influence. The Commonwealth of Virginia, let me tell you, I brag on our legislators all the time, all the time. The Commonwealth of Virginia has a tremendous delegation in Congress. We have two former governors, two former governors who are U.S. senators. That's Senator Tim Kaine, Senator Mark Warner. You cannot beat that type of of experience as chief executive officers in the Senate. You just can't do it. And then we have one of the most, one of the, and I listen, he's he's my congressman. I say it all the time. He's the smartest, most engaging, thoughtful, uh, people-driven, people-driven U.S. congresspersons out there. And that's none other than Congressman Bobby Scott. Congressman Bobby Scott is what we call the dean of the delegation. So he's the longest ranking or serving member. And currently he was the ranking member of the Education uh, and Labor Commission, which is named something different now. But he is uh, he used to be the chair of that particular commission. Why, is, why does this matter? According to this article, there will likely be significant shifts in seniority and representation, both in Virginia and congressional delegation and the Virginia General Assembly. What ends up happening is that you're also going to have, and this article stated, but this is what you have. It says, we will likely see some anticipated retirements and others who run for different offices. The answer is yes, you're going to see that. That's what's happening right now. Also, article states in 2022, which is happening now, there will be a swath of legislators with new portfolios that will have lasting impacts over the next decade. Those who recognize these environmental changes and educate new legislators on their issues will be successful. The flip side of that coin is those that don't will not be successful at all. So I want to take a look now at the impact of this, the impact of this. I want to take a look at our, uh, the Tidewater region and Richmond region. So the Richmond region, we have Delegate Lamont Bagby, who is uh, the chair of the Virginia Legislative Black Caucus and Norfolk State alum, who is now double up. Uh, in another district with another Democrat. So now we have, of course, a delegate Lamont Bagby is running for the Senate seat, which is vacated by Jennifer, former state Senator Jennifer McClellan, now U.S. Congresswoman, the first black Congresswoman elected from the Commonwealth of Virginia to serve in Virginia. 
2023, first black woman. Uh, that's great. So she is, uh, she vacated that seat to become a U.S. Congresswoman, and now uh, Lamont Bagby, I believe, will run for that particular seat. But before that, he was double up. So that leaves an opportunity for someone else to run against this particular delegate, or allow that delegate will run by themselves in that district. Tidewater region, this is us. We have Republican Glenn Davis, Democrat Kelly Fowler, and Republican Barry Knight are triple up. We also have Delegate Cliff Hayes, NSU alum, and great supporter of Save the Water, great supporter of our institution, and Jay Leftwich, Republican, that are doubled up. You have Democrat Nadaris Clark and also Democrat Don Scott. And Don Scott is poised to, he is the head of the Democratic uh, uh, Caucus and poised to be the Speaker of the House if the Democrats win the House and win the majority. Of course, Delegate Clark announced on our show that he has resigned his seat and will run in the new district. We have Republican uh, Cardoza, who is also NSU alum, and Delegate uh, Gion Ward, who's a Democrat. They're double up. And you also you have Republican Tim Anderson and Republican Rob Bloxon. We're both Republicans, but they are doubled up in there. And I just, as a note, in the Northern Virginia region, you have two Democrats, Elizabeth Guzman and Lou Torian. Lou Torian, who's a former chair of the Ways of, of the Appropriations Committee, African-American, very powerful committee. Uh, they're double up in their particular district. So that becomes very, very, very important, very strategic. Now, in the Richmond Peninsula region, you have Tommy Norman, who's a Republican, who is doubled up with Ryan McDougal. Now, I bring it up because that's a very, very important uh, fact. But before I leave there, in the Senate side, I just want to point out that we also have uh, Senator Louise Lucas and Liner Sproul, both NSU alums, that will be running against each other in this upcoming uh, in this upcoming election. And we're going to lose one of them. And that's something that, again, we have to, that that's, that, that's, the, that's the result of what happens with the rejoining these lines. So we're going to lose one of those influential senators. But what happened? As of March 21st, 2023, approximately 15 months after that, after the McGuire Woods article that I just uh, read, and also, what, a year, two, two years post the uh, passage of the new redistricting, we have right now 35 legislators that have decided to step down, <laughs> 35 that are retiring or leaving the state legislature to do something else. More importantly, just as note, Senator Minority Leader and very powerful state senator, Tommy Norman, spent three decades in the Senate, leads the Chamber of Republicans. He has decided to move on. He's going to retire. He told the paper that he wanted to, and this is from Virginia Mercury, spend more time with family and go back to teaching, which he previously did at College of William & Mary. It also, let, again, it pitted him in another district. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Dick Saslaw, uh, who is a Democrat, it's all he's 83, 48 years in General Assembly. He's also going to retire. Delegate uh, Elaine Filicorn, Democrat, former head of the caucus, Democratic caucus. She is also uh, going to resign and retire from her seat. In addition to that, we have uh, also in Richmond, Delegate Jeff Bourne. Now, he's he's been in that Senate, that delegate seat since 2017. Uh, but he has decided to uh, that he's not going to run again. Some believe that he actually may run for the mayor of Richmond. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But again, 
Uh, this is his decision. The new map, maps pitted him against veteran Democratic delegate Betsy Carr in the elections for the 78th district. Uh, John, Senate, Senate John Cosgrove, Republican out of Chesapeake, is also going to retire. So again, we're losing senators. We're losing influential individuals. On, on the peninsula, Delegate Mike Mullen, Democrat out of Newport News, he is going to also retire. Uh, 2015, he's been in that House seat, and Mike is a very good friend of mine, and actually a neighbor. Um, unfortunately, his, he and his wife, his beautiful family, were struck with a tragedy uh, where a three-month-old son, three-month son, uh, ended up passing away. And I attended that, um, that funeral, and it was a lot of love that was shown, and our hearts and prayers still go out to him. But again, um, he has decided also uh, to step down to spend more time with family. So what is the impact of this? Well, we see it. Elections have consequences, and being educated on laws and policies have consequences. Laws, constitutional amendments have consequences. Because of the new constitutional amendment, now we vote differently. Now we are electing differently. And now we have new faces across the Commonwealth for what we will create and send into Richmond in order to create laws. So what do you do? It's time to educate ourselves on who's running, what district you reside in, and who you will be voting for. Now, we're going to be doing that here on Save the Water as we continue to educate you about issues important to the community, bringing policymakers, movers, and shakers to discuss these important issues. We're also going to cover this on a new segment called the Clavier Report, which you can hear on WNSB. You can hear live on Sunday at 1230. Again, this is law, policy, and politics, all to bring to you a greater understanding how things are affecting your life. But as we always do here, we want you to go out, be great, do good, and we'll see you next week here on Stay in the Water. God bless.